This episode of Asians Represent is brought to you by our amazing supporters at patreon.com slash aznsrepresent and the OneShot Podcast Network. Join our Discord community by heading to aznsrepresent.com. so much Malaysian food when I was in New York. Ooh. Ooh. Turkey. Ooh. When I, I do, do, when I do finally get out to New York, like mm-hmm. if some of you guys are here with me, take me to all of the good food places. Oh, like, oh, 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 but, oh, 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 I will suspend my da- diet Daniel, for this occasion. Da- da- Daniel and Emma saw it. I found a oh, Taiwanese God. Yeah, yeah. Boba, boba tea shop. They make the bobas boba. fresh and then they cook it on boba. a cauldron of hot brown sugar. Boba. And they have non they have non lactate <laughs> o- o- options by the way too. So they have regular milk, oat milk, and also lactate as a, as your dairy choice. And not only that, they also put a layer of brown sugar on it. Now, if you want the extra seven dollars and fifty cents more, you can also get gold leaf to go on top of your boba tea. Why not? <laughs> it's New York. I I re- God, this is just like. This is just like that episode of um, Worth It that Buzz that Buzzfeed used to do, where they were like, yeah, yeah. "Here's a normal a dollar slice of New York pizza," and it's like dollar fine, pizza is not like worth it. Really? Okay, well, well, it. you know what's well, not worth no, it? Inflation's caused it to go to a dollar fifty now in New York, by the way. <laughs> dollar pizza, but with like caviar and gold leaf. Oh yeah, so, no, that's the most expensive pizza in the world. A thousand dollars. It's a thousand dollars for the whole thing. A thousand dollars a slice. Oh, for, yeah. Sarah and I have so a pizza well, spreadsheet it, from our from our New York travels. <laughs> yeah, nice. I'm really into pizza. I'm super into pizza. Yeah, like I, I love oh, reading about history yeah, yeah. pizza. Have I shared oh, yeah. about? Have I shared with you about the um, the mafia war uh, between Staten Island and I think the Bronx about pizza? Yeah, I know that you one. Share that. <laughs> happen. I, I'm I, I do. I know that. I know that story very well for, for various reasons. I cannot divulge. So, so speaking so speaking of food, food and Jackie history. does know food. So I I've been holding off on sharing this because I wanted to show it to you on stream, Michelle and Jackie. You know I have this already. Um, but oh, yeah. I I <laughs> so it's a magic. It's a magic thing, and it's my new soul <laughs> ring, and uh, mm-hmm. it's 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 my new soul ring. It's just tap for, tap for two. Don't mind if I do. Oh my God. It, it's, it's the best soul ring ever. I I really want to find. Um, I need to commission someone to do a soul ring but with the everything bagel from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh my oh, god! Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I I, um, is a good one. I made a I made a proxy deck for Gishath. Um, because I found all these really cool proxies like this Lightning Greaves that looks. Like a D and D artifact, it's really cool, um, and I'm just like super hyped about it. Um, <laughs> I was actually gonna make proxies using uh, your using the the your art, Michelle, because I seen someone who oh, done the altars al- for that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I was okay. yeah, he's great. Yeah, I was thinking of using those for proxies one day because I was like, "Oh, let me." I would, I would love Ooh. to make a a cute and adorable deck one day with these cards. <laughs> I I know a lot of people have been like doing cute altar stuff, and I'm just like, you know, I just want to make these because they make me happy. They had that whole chibi that, that, secret all. layer. 
which I'm sure did well. I did get that one. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bought. I bought two. I I bought two secret layers. I got I got the pride one, of course, because I, yeah, so people, I got the know, pride one on too. Yeah. And I got that yeah. one where they reprinted. Mis- um, I got the one that they reprinted Mystic Remora in because I was Mystic like, Remora. Value. Yeah, I bought that one because value, yeah, huge value, huge value. Because it was like forty bucks. Yes, I know. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I'm super hyped about that. I can't but, find uh, it. Oh, I can't I, find what? Oh, I, I can't find the somehow video. I forgot. Oh. I somehow forgot. And I, when I came home, I found the package. I somehow forgot. I had pre-ordered a copy of Betrayal at House on the Hill Third Edition. I completely forgot. And so I came home to this giant. I came back home to this giant monstrous box. And then next thing I know, I'm seeing on Twitter everyone's talking about like. You know, it's coming out soon on in Gen Con, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And I'm like opening it. And I'm like, I was like, "Is this not the same game that everyone's talking about? The game that is supposed to be coming out later, but I have it now." Wait, what? <laughs> and then I remember, Look, "Oh, like, right, I did a pre-order." <laughs> some things get released early if you pre-order. Speaking yeah. of Gen Con, speaking of Gen Con, just like uh-huh. I don't want to be there. I, Look, I have some <laughs> feelings about about like all of my friends going Uh and it's so there's one thing i've also well so the other thing i have had to consider as well as being a pregnant person is um there are states i i don't feel comfortable going to because if something happens i would not be able to receive medical care um which sucks which is basically like so there's florida off the list indiana is off the list texas is off the list um so essentially like you know, for me, it's just I don't feel comfortable being Asian in the states. Um, it's, it's not so uh, bad depending on where it, you go. It, yeah, depends where you go. Yeah, yeah it really depends where you go. We've been it's getting the news that though, I get, but yeah, it's not. It's mm-hmm. not great. It's definitely. I will not say great. that Boston is extremely safe. Um, oh yeah, I've never our, been to Boston. It's it's very white. And the food is extremely yeah. disappointing. But well, yes, that, that is also true. Oh, if you are in very safe. and you are in a big city, you are probably safe. Yeah. If you are in a, a big city in a blue state, especially, you are more than likely safer. safe. Safer. Safer. I mean, within yeah. within that. We drove through Indiana while we were um, out visiting family in Michigan. Um not my family, uh, my wife's family, but um, that seat's creepy. They have billboards up about how, and this was before the Roe v. Wade decision, so they had billboards mm-hmm. everywhere about how abortion is bad, and if you have a baby, you need to drop them off with the fire department, no questions asked. And I'm like, this is... Wait, what? This is a failed society. Yeah. Mm. It, um, it is... Um, oh. So yeah. I drove home, by the way, from New York. So like, so like, I got to experience the wide breadth of like, you know, going from a blue state like New York, all going through Virgi- like every other state, Jersey, Virginia, and then going to the the red my per- my favorite red states of North and South Carolina and Georgia, uh, <laughs> and and going from like North and the, and the stark contrast of North and South Carolina is always wonderful in the sense that oh look, there's some nice like there's some nice trees, there's plant. The foliage is actually really nice. And then going into the the infinite just boredom of just nothing but trees for miles. And then the occasional billboard of saying, Jesus, please save us in South Carolina. And I'm just oh like, oh, oh, I'm like, oh, oh, South Carolina. 
that still still giving out those golden ones. I see there. It's just yeah, like it's... Of the U.S. Uh, a term oh. coined by my cousin who had to who had to do uh, do his basic training for the Navy in Charleston, South Carolina. Oh my god! <laughs> so I, for me, yes. it's just like I'm not a fan of Charleston. Still, stuff. still not. The barbecue is great. And now we have monkeypox, so that's not the city. And monkeypox. Yeah, monkey I want my monkeypox exactly. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Thanks I think for attacking us gays again. I saw, yeah. I saw a video, and it was like, and audience, we won't be talking about America for that long. And it's like, Patreon exclusive <laughs> extended audio. <laughs> I, 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 so I saw this video. I saw this video, and it was uh, shot by a doctor on the New York subway. And oh, they yeah. were basically taking a video of this person who clearly had monkeypox all over his legs. Yep. And the doctor like calls me and was like, hey, you have monkeypox. You need to isolate. Why are you on this train, a crowded train? The person's like, oh, I'm not gay. I can't get monkeypox. And it's like that rhetoric that the right mm-hmm. is pushing about monkeypox is just going to blow this, like blow this whole thing up. It is absolutely wild what's happening so for me it's like cons i feel to circle back to what we were talking about cons are interesting because a it's like it's a time when i get to it's sometimes the only time that i get to see certain friends in person and i miss it for that i did get to go to like breakout con um Mm -hmm. and you know that was nice it was small um, and I got to see some friends and that was, you know, that, that was kind of like a boost in spirits, but like having been to several Gen Cons, that's just on a whole other level. And so yeah. for me, it, it's the disappointment of like, yeah, I'm not going to see my friends. I'm not going to be able to like do Asians represent stuff, but I also, I'm like, we could do things remotely and, you know, we can, uh, you know, still be safe and healthy and all that. So I don't know. It's it's mixed feelings, but that said, like you know, we're 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 here, and um, I'm really happy that this particular crew is back together because we're gonna we're gonna talk about some cool stuff that we haven't done in a really long time. Uh, it's been honestly, it's been far too long since we talked about this subject, and and there are like specific reasons for that. Uh, I'm just gonna mute you, Liana, because your keyboard. <laughs> Um, that's okay with our with our new solution. I, I have the power to to mute and stuff, and I'll just keep it. I, I you should be able to unmute yourself. Sorry, so, I was just doing a quick comment to someone in chat. I, I, I am getting a it's new it's computer. All good. I apologize or a new uh, keyboard. No, no, no. You don't you don't have to apologize. It's totally okay. It's Producer Daniel, this is what we got to do, right? <laughs> um, but I'm just I'm I'm glad that we're kind of back to doing this because honestly, talking to this group of people really takes me back to like the height of the pandemic in a really weird way because it's like we were always doing this and not in a negative way because yes things in the outside were like awful but i knew that i would always get to talk to you folks so there's this comfort in in that group and this odd comfort in this subject too Um, but now it's the last episode Yes, now it's the last. We just need a new show now. We need a new show. We need to find something else to have to facepalm ourselves for every time we read a paragraph. (laughs) We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that because we'll talk about the format and everything. Um, But but that said, 
like uh, welcome folks to Asians Represent. This is episode 56. I'm going to call it Honor Among Thieves. For, you already did. For no particular reason. <laughs> <You're already laughs> um, I'm going to call it Honor Among Thieves. Um, because that title is so fitting. We'll also do, I want to do a whole episode or a stream or something where we just watch the the first three D movies and talk yes. about that. Yeah. I just um, downloaded it and oh my gosh. Totally I'm so legally. excited for I, Jeremy. I, yeah. Totally I, I lived through uh, them, so I still remember them very vividly. I, so we're, we're, I, we're gonna do that. I, I live for I Jeremy. I live for Jeremy. I love that Jeremy Irons is in it. I love that he, mm-hmm. even though he's only doing it because he needs to pay off a castle, literally, that's why he did it. Uh, nope. he gives no, it that's, his a good, all. that's a good reason to do things. He gives it his all. <laughs> um, that's the thing. Like, so, what, what, what's more poetic than paying off your castle by being part of a Dungeons and Dragons movie? Like, that's, that's living like, the dream. Except for the part where so they need sad. to be good. <laughs> I, I that's guess that's, that's, that's optional. That, I'm just sad that either that, you know, that he didn't buy two more castles so he could appear in the subsequent <laughs> Well, well he could, if he buys another castle, then he can rent out the other one to D&D in a castle, and then so therefore he can actually pay it off. Oh my gosh. Th- that's like imagine? just like peak rich white dude. Oh, I need yeah. to pay off my castle, so I guess I'll star in a movie. It's also what I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I call the Nicholas. Ultima games. Like that. I mean, it's also like. It's also like the. It's also like a Nicolas Cage problem, right? Like he just yeah, keeps buying yeah. things. He well, doesn't. and it's so weird because like there's actual castles in the United States, and like I like when I had to write a call when I was doing a Call of Cthulhu game, I researched that and I found out there were castles in New Orleans, and I was like, who puts a castle in New Orleans? It's a Rich swamp. People. It's like below. It's like below sea level. Like, that, yeah, no, no. It's a little. Fur, it's it's close to Baton Rouge, so technically, it's only a few feet below sea level. <laughs> and that castle burned down, <laughs> fell over, and then. <laughs> I mean that that in and of itself is a really cool prompt for like the castle that just like won't stand up, and there's a curse or something. Hey, there's a story for you right there. But that's it. We're not actually going to be talking about Nicolas Cage. We're not going to do a Nicolas Cage podcast. I mean, this time. This time. If, if Nicolas Cage decides to like star in like some sort of like if they do like a Last Samurai 2 with Nicolas Cage. Um, look, look, if we had the money, um, they will talk about it here on this podcast. Like Daniel invoking <laughs> this and doing like 2D6 psychic damage to everybody. I'm just like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just I'm reaching out to the universe, but we are going to be talking about Caratour. Um, this is going to be the final episode of our series where we talk about the Caratour campaign setting. I'm sure Caratour, oh, you know what? I keep saying final, but I'm like, it's something's going to happen and we're going to be drawn back into it. But this yeah. is the final episode where we talk about the book and our experiences reading the Caratour campaign setting. Uh, before we dive into it, we have um, some news. Uh, some good news and some bad news. Uh, for the for the bad news, uh, it has, if you follow me on social media, it has been kind of a rough couple of weeks for me. Um, we have uh, sadly uh, lost Marla, um, our, our beautiful, beautiful chubby cat. Um, Marla had been, uh, she, had, she had been unwell for a couple of weeks and we kind of made the really difficult decision of saying goodbye to Marla. She had many, many, many good like days with us. Her, her last couple of days with us were really sweet. Um, she watched her favorite movies. I 
I, I, I kid you not, John, John Wick, the John Wick series, Marla absolutely loves. She was super like uncomfortable for the past like few weeks. She was like scared. She wasn't going to litter box. It was awful um, for her. But when we played John Wick, she just sat in front of the TV and just watched it and then fell asleep watching John Wick. Baby. Um, there, it's her favorite her favorite movie series. So we watched the John Wick one. We watched John Wick two. We didn't get to three, um, but my parents came over. My dad actually got to hold Marla for the first time ever um, on her like second last day with us so it was super sweet lots of memories lots of crying (laughs) um i took a lot of time off work and uh the company i work for was really great they sent us like flowers and everything and no questions they were like just take all the time you need um so yeah it's been tough this is actually the first time i have ever podcasted without marla and i have been podcasting since 2016 uh, so I want to make sure that this is a good episode and that we honor Marla, um, to Marla. So, yeah. So to, to, to Marla, <laughs> to Marla. Um, Marla is, is, was a wonderful cat and she will, uh, live on in my memory for forever. Marla was great. Uh, we are comforted in knowing that we took really good care of her. We got blood work done last week and she did not have diabetes. Her blood work and her urine work were perfect, despite her weight. Marla, we were really unsure about her age, but like Marla was like almost twenty years old, um, and weighed about that much. Oh, a pound for she every carries year. Her, she carries her um, years. She carries oh. her years, and we always we always joke that like I would always joke and be like, oh yeah, Marla's Asian like her dad. And she's just going to be young forever and then all of a sudden be old. And that, that kind of came true. Um, but we, uh, we did some like looking back at things and the, the old white lady that I, that fostered Marla that I, that I adopted her from uh, kept a blog, like a blog spot blog. And I found all of these old posts that I had never seen about Marla talking about how, Marla, first of all, was a stray. I didn't know Marla was brought in from the streets. And when I told my dad, my dad was like, how did Marla survive on the streets like that? And I was like, I don't know. She's tough, I guess. But Marla came in from the streets and was like, like one of, apparently one of the hardest cats to foster for this person. And after two months, like, I, I got her. And it was just like a complete turnaround. So I am very comforted in knowing that Marla lived a really good life. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be tough that, you know, Marla won't be here for this, for any more agents represent, or just, just be here in my life. Um, but I am comforted in being in this call with, with you four, uh, because I was going to say, we could talk about something cool. Um, we're talking about Kara That's what you think. We're talking about Kara Tour. Um, we, are you sure the Kara Tour wasn't the bad doing, news? Right. So we decided to do, we, you decided just, to do I don't know why. Tour, so, I mean, yeah. it's kind of like we did for ourselves. So, yeah, I, I did that. But, like, you know, we we um, we had a, a great last few days with Marla. And, uh, and yeah, so that's the, that's the bad news. Um, the good news is that while we've had time off for me to kind of, you know, take care of Marla and do all of that stuff, I've been able to do some like 
really neat work sort of like connecting with my family and making sort of short form content. And I've kind of been just doing this thing where as an experiment, I just post on TikTok. And I've been posting on TikTok like every day for the past couple of weeks. And it's been really fun. I've just been talking about manga because I really love manga. And I've gotten... We can go on about this later. I mean, all the trash manga that I read. Um, but one of the things that's really um, been positive for me is that I've been thinking about a lot more short-form content for Asians Represent. I've kind of alluded to this more. Um, but what I want to do is actually start talking about things that aren't necessarily fantasy. Um, I want to start talking more about like contemporary issues um, that relate to our experiences in the games industry. So we, we talk about the model minority myth a lot, but I want to do short-form content about that. Um, I also want to do short-form content kind of about our stories growing up and how that impacts our work. Uh, and so what we're actually going to be doing now is we're kind of committed to this is our bubble tea book club is going to, we're going to have a new title for it. Uh, I'm really bad at titles. We have dungeons and Asians. Um, <laughs> so um, really bad at titles, but we're going to actually turn bubble tea book club into more of a conversation about how we've grown up our how our culture has influenced our work, specifically our world building. So once a month, I actually want to do a conversation with folks who aren't necessarily even publishing. Um, this could be folks who are actually in the Asians Represent Discord server. Um, but I want to do one episode a month where we just talk about world building and stories from our lives and how they relate to you know, the stories we tell at the table. Um, because I actually found this really neat object and, and I'll get it later. But my partner came up to me and was like, hey, Daniel, when we were cleaning up my grandparents' house, do you want this? And I was like, what is it? And it was like one of those metal hand warmers. I don't know if you folks have ever seen those. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, why would I want that? And my dad's like, oh, that's mine. I brought that with me from China when I was 11. And I was like, what? And it turns out that this hand warmer that I have, I wish I could call Sarah to get her to grab it. Um, but this hand warmer that I have essentially came to Canada with my dad and the bedroom that my dad slept in at my grandparents' house when he was a kid was actually not heated. And it was this like sort of vestibule area between the backyard and the main house. And my dad slept in a room that was basically the size of his bed. And, oh, thank you, Sarah. And so he had this like hand warmer, um, and inside is, is the hand warmer. Um, and my dad would literally hold this at night to keep warm because his room wasn't heated. And then my dad said, that's why I don't feel cold in the most like Asian way possible. Um, and so I want to talk about, I want to, so on the positive side, I want to talk about these stories. I want to talk about stories of like our parents and, you know, how they influence the stories that we tell. And I want to use Bubble Tea Book Club for that. Um, because as we'll talk about during this episode, it's actually really difficult. It's sometimes kind of tedious to produce content where you're just reading things. Um, and so that's what I kind of want to do. And that's kind of the revelation that I had with, you know, dealing with uh, sort of the Marla stuff and cleaning up my grandparents' house. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of it for Asians Represent updates. Um, we had to say goodbye to Marla, but we're going to try to tell more grounded stories and this sort of work will actually allow us to feature more people 
um, folks who may not actually have published anything or folks who I get so many DMs saying, hey, can I come on Asians Represent? I'm on this actual play. And I'm like, okay, what do, what do you want to talk about? And the content that we do now doesn't really support that because Asians Represent used to be, oh, let's come on and we'll talk about your product and stuff. And it's not really that anymore because we decided that we would have more impact by talking about really, really tough topics. Um, like, honestly, like this episode or the last episode where we did, uh, where we talked about making your own Asian inspired campaign settings or the season finality of last season where we had Sonia and Navarre on and we literally talked about tension between the, like the black and Asian communities and how they can sort of unite. And so the content that we've made, while it has been far more impactful, hasn't allowed us to feature as many voices because of the highly, highly educational nature of them. And so transforming Bubble Tea Book Club into something different will allow us to do that. Um, so yeah, that's the positive. Now, that said, <laughs> to the negatives, let's talk about Care Tour. Let's talk about Care Tour. Oh, um, good Lord. <laughs> we... Coming back around, uh, master, master of the segue. Um, we have spent collectively a significant amount of time reading through the character campaign setting. If you go to our YouTube channel, uh, there is an unfinished series called Asians Read Caratour. And what we did once a month was we sat down and we, we fucking read the character campaign setting. <laughs> and comment on... We didn't get through very we much ch- of it. We well, got through so hard. Enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna say we got through enough. By, yes, by the, and that by the end of it, it was a lot of it was like, oh, it's this particular kind of racism again. Oh, yeah, they, they yeah. wrote this badly again because this book was not well written. Yeah, I think as Liana said, we just kept running into the same themes of problems over and over again. It, it was a lot like being in like a. I don't know, just like a bad restaurant where it's like, and this doesn't have any salt in it. And this also has no salt. And this is mushy um, and has no texture. So it was was just sort of a lot of repeating. It was, I mean, it was still new content. Like we we weren't going back and redoing anything. But we were seeing these same issues come up and up uh, again and again. And I think that's one of the reasons why we were like, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm not going to... I'm not a betting person, but I feel comfortable putting money on the idea yeah. that we're going to, if we had, I, I did if skip we were the to rest of it. These themes, <laughs> and I was like, come back up again and again. Yeah, and that was exactly yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Emma. Oh, bless. <laughs> <laughs> bless. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so there was just so much repetition with Caratour, not in the content itself, but in our reactions to the content. It was like, oh, it's this kind of racism. Oh, it's these stereotypes. Oh, this just sucks. Um, and so we were kind of like, let's hold off on that because honestly, bandwidth wise, that's like two and a half hours that we could spend doing something a little bit more productive than basically rehashing our same reactions. So um, now we're here and it's time to kind of do a postmortem on Caratour, our overall thoughts. We talked about why we didn't finish reading it because it wasn't honestly worth reading everything. That's the answer right there. It just isn't worth reading Caratour. And we're going to talk about why this episode, but we're also going to talk about 
the age-old question that everyone on Asians Represent gets asked, and it's, do you think Watsi should just revive Caratour? Um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about why we don't think that's a good idea. We're going to talk about why some people might like that. And then we're going to talk about the challenges of actually trying to execute on that vision and that idea. Because some folks will often say, oh, you know what? You could just revise Caratour. You'll make it better. We'll just get an all-Asian team. And then they'll bring back Caratour. And Caratour will be perfect. And the answer in my mind is like, oh, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of work. Um, mm, and not the best yeah. kind of work. So we're going to talk about that. But I'd love to start with just our overall thoughts on Caratour from reading it. I'm going to start... Um, we're going to go in, in terms of the, the Twitch overlay. We're going to start with you, Liana. Um, I want to ask you, what were your overall thoughts on Caratour? <laughs> My only positive thing from Caratour is that stream we did, the, the, the comedy stream about Caratour. Oh, yeah, the old, yeah. That, that oh, Michelle yeah, did. with Dormant <laughs> Torch. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, yeah, that was great. That um, was great. a positive. But I want to know, Liana, your thoughts on Caratour, like if you were to basically put out a tweet you had 240 characters to say why you liked or didn't like caratour what would they be and i know i'm putting you on the spot here caratour executes disgusting stereotypes in the most banal and uninteresting way i could possibly imagine <laughs> damn damn <laughs> I will quote. I will retweet that every day for the rest of my life. Yeah, I'm just like boom. I was like 240 characters. You were like, I'll do it at less than 100. So, so, so. And then what gift would you add? So this is something I'm supposed to be able to do. So, so we've got basically the the main point there is uninteresting stereotypes is a mishmash of stereotypes. Would you say that's a correct reduction of your reduction? Absolutely. Okay. Now, Jackie, we've got that. What about what about you? Two hundred forty characters. See if you could you could beat Liana's three words. Man, that but, that, that that man, but, just 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 going like that out of the gate, man. That is uh, that is a, I mean, that's gonna be a strong one. Um, that's a yeah. Oof. That that was some excellent fire. I love it. Um. I think the best way to put it is Carator felt like as if somebody literally just took a menu off of a Chinese takeout. And you, it I mean, it looked like it visually. It. it looked like yeah, it. Yeah, visually, it also looked the, like that. I, do you remember the Chinese the, the, the gibberish? Yep. Yeah, the, the re- literal gibberish. Oh, because I, oh. No, I had no, to have not, not the, the alphabet, that supplement that we we did a whole episode Oh, yeah, that on. too. That too. Even worse. And their numbering I system. A, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. I, I, I forget. didn't forget. I didn't forget. forget. I just chose to acknowledge it didn't exist. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. Thank you, Jackie. Yeah. That's not um, forgetting. That's, that's like your brain was attempting was to itself by jettisoning the memories. So, I, so Jackie, you would say that to add on to the uninteresting stereotypes, you would say that it's just lazy product design. Yeah. uh, Based off of, again, these uninteresting stereotypes. Yep. 
I mean, we had that issue of the most, especially when we saw the uh, in, very inconsistent uh, voice in the prose because it would it would fluctuate from third person to first person, or it would have a completely different tonal uh, application. Yeah. And you can tell that that's literally an editor just literally like you. It felt like somebody just took. All right, here's all here's all your printed work. I'm going to cut and paste it into like into a, what would be the final manuscript and we're just going to print this through a printer and we're just or a copier and that's what we're going to do. And that's how it yeah, felt. Yeah, 100%, 100%. It it was uh it's just an odd thing because never before have I seen a TTRPG product felt so disjointed. You can Usually when you read a book, you can tell, like, you know, there's a team, but there's everything is connected. In Caratour, you can really tell that different people worked on it and there wasn't a unifying voice, even though they set narratively a unifying voice at the beginning of the book. A um, bad one, yeah, but they absolutely. did. A, a, bad, a bad one, one. <laughs> but, they, but they tried. The dragon they that tried. lives inside the palace that likes to boop everywhere. Like, I don't. Yeah, yeah and it's the dragon yeah. writing about Caratour. To a white dude, but the dragons. Oh, we'll be talking narrative, about narrative a bit later. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> but it's 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 meta on so many different levels because it's a white dude pretending to be an Asian per like Asian creature, Asian character. So it's a white person pretending to be an Asian character, writing about a fake Asian culture written by white people for a fake <laughs> white character. I feel it's, like this is just a racism tiramisu. There we go. There we go. It's it's a seven layer. It's a seven. It's like it's a it's a seven layer dip of the caucasity. Um, oh, yeah, I like it, that one. That's like, it was. Good. That's what it was. That's exactly because the, the 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 tone was so weird. Um, so then, mm-hmm. how about yeah, you? Yeah, because I wanted was to your see t- the, you, the Japan parts, you which I actually ahead. haven't looked oh, at Emma. because i read the northern wastelands and went oh good lord because a lot of that is stereotypes <laughs> about northern asia as a whole but a lot of stuff about the i knew in particular so i i started a document where i was breaking it down and doing essentially a free consult on it but i haven't gotten back to it in a while and i haven't looked at the either of the two Japans, the two feudal Japans that they have there for some reason. <laughs> yeah, two, two feudal Japans, and then one, one, one of them one has like a... What's the difference? Two. I don't even know. But is one diet uh, and one regular? <laughs> oh, I hate that like they so much. They couldn't even yeah. draw from like different period inspirations and have them coexist and yeah. do interesting things with it. Cause that would, e- that would have taken way. effort and good writing. I, yeah. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that though. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Something we determined um, fairly early on where it's just like, I don't even know if I'm mad right now. Cause this is just ridiculous. Like I'm laughing at it. And in a way, yeah, the, the temple. Yeah, it's 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 laughably yeah, the snake thing or like the concentric we kind of rings. Made it sillier because oh my god, the eighties. But but like I would say it wasn't. What are you gonna do? Fantasy. 
because of those silly things that indicated real world stereotypes mm. and racism. And it just became absurd. Like you can't concentrate on this world that's supposed to be another place when you're reading stuff like there's a beer producing town called Sing Tao, you know? <laughs> like, what what is that? Oh, you had you went to a like a restaurant once and had it sing Tao? Okay, cool. Now there's a town named after it. <laughs> you know? Oh, I remember so Yeah, much. I forgot that there was even that. The freaking, the whole <laughs> I didn't. There was I remember that very well. So much. <laughs> the oh, the horse wrestling. That one, oh, I remember that one. We never did the jersey. We never did the jersey. What? Yeah, the roll for snakes well, roll, was always a, was always but, a but great one. But here's the thing: roll for snakes doesn't sound Asian because you'd be like, "Oh yeah, you, you could put a temple with world. snakes. You just roll for snakes. You could stick that literally anywhere." You Honestly, t- you know where that would actually be compelling and scary? Ireland. Just, oh okay. yeah. I was, gonna say, I was I was gonna say Australia. Yeah, I mean, um, also, there's so- some there's some problems with the Ireland one. I was going to say Indiana Jones. Why has it got to be snakes? Oh, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I. Uh, yeah, why's it gotta be snakes? Why's it um, gotta be snakes? Yeah, it's just yeah, silly and not compelling because it's just like you're taken out of the fantasy More or less, and like by the, the, the real world the way that That's it's what you're saying, right, Emma? And all of that, it's like, oh, okay, here we are. Yeah, I see what you did there. Yeah. Okay. So then. What about you, Michelle? I don't know if there's anything to add on to this. Come on, Michelle, roll um, for stakes. Was there anything else that you were like? This is my tweet about Carator. You said that you you said that you said that the racism second, of me, tiramisu. And let me just second. Let me roll for snake real quick. Hold for snake. Hold for snake, please. Are we holding priority as well? Are we holding priority as well? Okay, that's six snake tokens. Sell his death touch. Okay. Um, Oh my god. So it was I mean, I am always going to be grateful for um Carator because in in its own way it allowed me to connect with this community that has been so supportive. I've met Aww. all of you and your amazing people and I'm so Aww. better and happier and more enriched to have you in my life. Um so well, I, that's I the best to... answer right there. <laughs> so so there is that. There is that silver lining to this utter cluster quilt fucktastrophe that is Caratour. <laughs> but if I were to draw upon my speech and debate days, um, I would basically try to boil down my experience of Caratour into three points. Um, the thesis being this was a very silly, frustrating, absurd experience like at first it was just um it it was surreal to see the stereotypes that i had always grown up with and had lived suddenly codified in words on a page in a book that was published um so there was that that with the real like the subtext filming becoming text that was a very strange experience and um i guess it was also that was that was really strange for me the second thing is also just the frustration i think i felt i think that may have been the chief emotion that i had 
um, during this whole read through because there's a lot of wasted potential. There's a lot of poorly, it's lazy is essentially what it is. And that's one of the reasons why I always feel very skeptical and cynical towards anyone who praises this work, because through any objective means, this is a poorly constructed thing, not just within the patchworks of voices we see, but even within those sections, we see um, very disjointed ideas of what this person is trying to communicate. Um, which suggests a host of things, uh, such as like poor editors and like bad teamwork and all this really bad research. And I think at the end, my like the last point I would make is that I just it, it definitely sets it definitely brings a lot of historical context to Asian representation within the TTRPG and fantasy worlds. Um, genre fiction has taken a lot of leaps and bounds within the past decade or so. I mean, that's why we've had Gamergate and has such a and the Hugo <sighs> nominations and whatnot. We've had a lot of pushbacks against that within um, genre fiction and related areas. So understanding the full con- historical context of where this is coming from, I think, gives us better perspective on where we need to push this in the future. And I'm sure we're going to get to that later on in this podcast, but I. Yeah, I just it's interesting to see where the bar is set. Granted, it's at sub basement level, but you know, it I think is at the end of the day a very interesting teaching point. Um and I would would I say it's like quote unquote required reading or at least like a cultural touchstone in order to understand where we've gotta not be. I'm not certain I can make that make that conclusion. But I think it was marginally useful within that context i would honestly say that if i were to pick you know if we're looking at <clears throat> i was i was actually talking to another member of our asians represent community about doing like a show um and looking at the sort of the evolution of like you know asian sort of like themed media and one thing that i've been thinking about when when you brought up this point about is this a cultural sort of touchstone in the evolution of Asian representation in tabletop games or in games in general. And I would honestly say Caratour wouldn't be the one I would pick. I would honestly pick Oriental Adventures as sort of like a, hey, this is sort of peak Asian stereotypes codified on a page, like you said. Um, Because that one was just, you could tell that they really tried harder on Oriental Adventures than they did with Caratour, and they still failed. And so I think the underlying message of sort of Orientalism and racism are better codified in Oriental adventures than it is in Caratour because it's just absurd. It's just silly. It's poorly executed. It's just, it's just bad on yeah. so many different levels. I mean, we got to play in a village called Wa Khan, <laughs> where I made you all roll to see whether or not you could to see, see Wa. if you could see Wa. It's it's literally like. <laughs> perception it's literally like it's literally like it in, in, uh, it's in ontario it's like it's just like going to windsor and rolling to see if you see detroit it's like what is this why, why? right um but yeah it's like it's just bad because it's lazy it's uninteresting it's poorly executed as a product and it's just bad fantasy because of those stereotypes like you mentioned um now that said 
we get a lot of questions saying, well, you should bring back Caratour. Do you think it should be brought back? And the answer for me is, is always no um, for many reasons. Uh, and I'd actually like to talk about that. Now, one thing to sort of preface this with, because I know that there are going to be people who are going to bring this up. Um, Ed Greenwood himself, the creator of the Forgotten Realms, was not a fan of Caratour. In a tweet um, on March 22nd, and thank you, Jeremy, for sharing this with us, because uh, I had never seen this. Um, on March 22nd, 2021, somebody asked Ed, Hey, I'm interested to hear your thoughts about Caratour. I have been working on an East Asian-based setting, but I realize you had one. Any new development on it? And Ed said, Caratour isn't mine. It was developed by TSR staff designers and grafted onto the realms. On my own, I would have never included any so close to real analogs into the realms. Uh, Faye was as close as I went to any flavor of Eastern warm environments. Um, and then another person came in and said, so what you're saying is that your version of Fey, there's samurai and ninja or equivalents. And then Ed said, no, that's not what I'm saying. Samurai and ninjas are real world historical, though Hollywood has messed with them a lot. I was speaking of not doing real world analogs. Fey has assassins working with the government, nobles, and anyone wealthy enough to hire them. And then the same person said, well, your personal Faerun has Celtic influence, for example. Is there no region in the original realms that has influence of other culture myths? Also, if Toril has a tie to Earth, why wouldn't there be some analogous parts? And then Ed said, many places in the realms have been influenced by real-world historical cultures thanks to all the gates slash portals between Earth and the realms, now disused, hence the forgotten part of the name. But that's a very far cry from direct real-world analogs. And I wish that I had found these tweets earlier. Like they have like two likes, three likes, four likes on them. Um, and yeah. I just read them all word for word. Um, now I have like a interesting, like personal connection to Ed Greenwood. We used to sit on the same panel at a con every year. So I used to see Ed once a year. He actually lives in Canada and he actually lives in the same province as Emma and I. He doesn't live too far from Toronto actually. Um, and while he has done like lots of stuff, that's not great to hear even Ed say, I didn't want to do Caratour because I didn't want to just take Asia and try to make it fantasy. Um, and that's one of the things that like we talk about a lot on this podcast. It's the fact that if you're going to try, we read all of the L5 work, our core, core rule book. If you're going to try to take a real-world culture and historical period and make it fantasy, you have to do a lot of work. You have to do a lot of work. And if you were to revive Caratour, you have the challenge of basically saying, well, how much of Caratour are we going to revive? Right? And unfortunately, there are a lot of problems with Caratour because of its effects on... D&D right now so on one end Wizards of the Coast could basically say hey we're not doing Caratour at all but the problem is that they actually mentioned Caratour in the Dungeon Master's Guide and the Player's Handbook in the Dungeon Master's Guide there's specifically a section that talks about an optional honor system and how it would 
fit perfect in an Asian-inspired character setting, right? So they've mentioned it. When I was working on Candlekeep Mysteries and I wanted to make the Order of the Immortal Lotus, I had actually written, I was like, well, I want to make them Asian, so I have to. I'm kind of stuck. I have to use Caratour because there's nowhere else. And so it kind of binds you to any future updates. Um, so I can see on one end why folks would want to revive it because it's mentioned in the current edition of D&D and that there isn't an Asian sort of setting. And if you want more Asian stories, do you have to create a whole new thing or Caratour? It's a really tough conundrum. And I'd love for us to, we don't have to go in order, but discuss sort of the challenges of reviving it, why folks might want to, and why you shouldn't. For me, it's really like people would want to revive character because it's already mentioned in the current D&D lore. And so people want that frame of reference. And often positive intent, I'm projecting that, folks who ask about reviving character are often those who might see it in a current 5th edition product, like a mainline 5th edition product and want to use that, right? I understand that if you went and played the Book of Inner Alchemy, it says that Bakme is a show person from Show Lung. Well, what if I want to do his origin? I need Caratour for that, right? Or do I? Um, so I understand why folks would want it. On the other hand, though, Caratour is, like we've said, just so objectively bad that any revival might just be in name only. But if you are doing it in name only, there are still going to be challenges with it that we're going to talk about. So I'm going to put it to the rest of you because I've just been ranting about this because clearly this has been on my mind. What are your thoughts on why people would want it revived and why it shouldn't be revived? Rant over. Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Michelle. Okay, I'm using my hand. hand, up, hand up. <laughs> like a good type A. Asian student. <laughs> so I I mean this is so I guess I'll start with the um with the obvious like not really great reason in my opinion why people would want to have this setting return. And I think that uh, sentiment was very <laughs> vocally expressed uh, in the reviews that we have seen for Journeys to Radiant, the Radiant Citadel. Um, there, I think, are people out there who feel that they are entitled to roleplay anyone they want, anywhere they want, um, in any setting, any place, uh, without consequences and without, you know, any thoughts because, uh, hashtag freedom. And so I think that those folks would be very interested in seeing a, probably some kind of revamp, um, in the ways that we've seen other places be revamped in other properties within the coast and elsewhere. Um, I don't think obviously that's a great idea, mostly because there are real world considerations to, um, well, consider. But I, I think there's also another reason why folks would want to see a return. And it's because they they have this idea that they we could do it better. Um, I think the biggest, uh, most recent um, 
instance of, of returning into returning to an Asian inspired setting. Um, but like making it different has been Magic the Gathering's return to Kamigawa, uh, now known as Neon Dynasty Kamigawa, which we have discussed extensively in other episodes of Asians Represent. Um, and, and to be clear, to, that is an Evangelion reference, right? Like that that's what they're where they're going with that. There's a lot of different references There's, going on in there. A lot, of, a lot of but, different but even even with Kamigawa, we talked about how the legacy of the original Kamigawa inherently holds it back and the flaws with even that project. Precisely. And mm-hmm. so that is one of the things that is so difficult and I think almost to a worse extent. Like I I am familiar with old school Kamigawa lore and there were definitely a lot of mistakes that were made. But this is again was discussed in previous episodes. However, I think that the body of work we see with Karator is so inherently flawed that once we gut it for anything, is there really much left to build upon at that point? Um, at this point, does it make even more sense to just toss the whole thing out and start over from scratch? But even then, like you mentioned, Daniel, like we are still shackled, we are still anchored to uh, the legacy of what has and had come before. And so um, would I say, like, according to the infinite probabilities of Mysteries of the Universe, anything is possible. Not saying it's impossible. However, I would recommend against it because it's just not worth it. It's not worth the time. It's not worth the effort. Um, Why might as well just throw it out the window and start with something new. If you want to go in that direction, frankly, you know, there are a lot of things that we could spend time on that might be more productive than creating an all Asian setting like that. And to the same extent, I mean, I, I again, am also expressing my personal bias and nervousness here, but I, I just think that if you're going to be building a new house, you got to make sure the foundation's actually solid and you're not, you know, trying to construct something on um quicksand i suppose yeah i mean uh, one thing or that you're swamp. mentioning is a, a or a swamp, swamp. Uh, it's like yeah you're getting that brand recognition from caratour right uh people know the name even the legacy folks those who play five edition currently will recognize the name caratour if they're super into the lore um i'm honestly curious to see if it'll come up in the D movie next year um but yeah it's that question you brought up again is like, if you're going to bring it back, is it only going to be in name only? Like, because you have this legacy that you have to deal with. If you bring it back, it has to be called Carator. The certain people in it will have to be called show people. You have to identify like what you're going to keep. And more often than not, what you're going to have to keep is ultimately going to be harmful. Because some things that are recognizable also maybe happen to be the most harmful things. Like, if we're going to bring back Oriental Adventures, are we going to have to codify the honor system? Because folks are going to want that. If we're going to bring back Karatur, are we going to have to keep Samurai? Because people remember that. Are we going to have to keep the, you know, the Kung Fu sort of stuff in there? Because people will recognize that. But that, again, will force, mm-hmm. say, ideally, an all-Asian team to work with those things. That's the problem, right? I, what, what about the rest of you folks? Is it is it my turn? Is it time to get into the business case? We could go. You could go if your turn. Go, go, go. 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 Michelle, <laughs> Michelle set the standard of like, raise raise hand. Okay. okay. Um, I just so, find it useful. I'm sorry. Everyone. Yeah, it is. No, I agree. <laughs> I've been I've been 
thinking about this a fair bit since we we started planning for this episode. Uh, so I'm going to talk about why I, I I personally believe it is a poor business case, and why I also likewise believe that it is an inevitability that it will happen at some. Point. Welcome to my TED talk. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of fun today. Um, welcome, welcome okay, to let's Liana's do it. Power- did you, where did you get my TED talk? Here's my PowerPoint presentation. This is business, Liana. Love and it. It's just, like, I, you I just have like a meme and it's just, style. and it's just oh, like that Thanos. No. It's like, I am inevitable. And it's just care tour. God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead. Go, go, sorry. Go, okay. go ahead, Liana. Okay, we're going to make ahead. this private presentation. That is the slide. Yeah. yeah okay. Right. So, uh, against it, um, the official sales numbers and sales figures for Carter have not been released. I did do some digging. I could not find it. However, there are a number of context clues that lead us to believe that Carator as a setting uh, was very poorly received. And I, I believe the first being the quality of the book or lack thereof uh, clearly shows a lack of confidence in the product. I I grew up reading Dragonlance, for example, and the they were written around the same time, and they absolutely have their own problems. But in terms of writing quality and editorial process, they are miles ahead of what was presented in Carator. Uh, also, the last official Carator product came out in 1990, and that brand was killed. That clearly suggests to me that... As a brand, character was not strong and was not popular. Uh, the Oriental Adventures do seem to have done better since you see that more. Uh, and I, I, know, I noticed Steve pointed out in the D&D Discord that it's commonly requested. But character as a setting That's doesn't character. really... Yeah, exactly. Uh, character as a setting doesn't really seem to have a fandom. I... I, w- I went on to the D and D, the D and D, uh, D and D next or whatever that the, their website where they, where they have all the books mm-hmm. and you can use their system, but always pay them royalties. You know, that, that fun arrangement. Um, oh, I D- looked up yeah, DM's guild. DM's guild. That's the one. Uh, thank you. I think D and D next was the fourth, fourth edition one that died horribly. Um, mm-hmm. back when I, when I still, kind of enjoyed D&D. Anyway, off, t- off topic, but the DMs Guild has Carator up. We've talked about it. Um, they added their little disclaimer about the, the cultural notes. Um, I'm going to just applaud Daniel here for, for his effort and, and helping make that happen. Um, and it has, what, 17 reviews? It, it, it rates like four and a half out of five stars or something like that. So the people who review it obviously really like it. Um, I checked Greyhawk, and the running joke that I have always heard in the D&D community since I started in 3.5 is Greyhawk. That's the joke. It's Greyhawk. Mm-hmm. Who cares yep. about Greyhawk? <laughs> Absolutely nobody. It's the official setting. No one gives a shit. And... Greyhawk at least managed to get 65 user reviews, also generally rated that highly. So like, even from that basic context clue, I don't think a lot of people are actually clamoring for character. It's just that the ones who are, are loud and will latch on to, say, any, oh, I don't know, 
Asian-run podcast that talks about these matters <laughs> and scream at us ad nauseum with hundreds of burners and the the side of, of horrid racism that we're we're also so uh, blessed to receive constantly. Uh, so that's why I don't think it, they should happen. Now, here's why I think it will ev- eventually happen anyway. Uh, because they continue to use it and include it within the branding of Dungeons and Dragons because it is mentioned in yep. the Dams Guild. Uh, and I'm, I'm very sorry to inform you of this, Daniel, but because you perpetuated that in the Book of Inner Alchemy. It's, it's true. That's it's what true. Says, uh, I'm a part of the problem. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the existence of characters <laughs> in the Forgotten Realms is in my eyes an inevitability that they they are going they're going to receive enough requests to at least entertain the notion of reviving it. Um, I think we were talking kind of privately earlier. Oh, oh, that's my cat. She might start crying, so I might have to let her out in a second. But um, we were talking earlier about how Rokugan was really uh, and Rokugan has problems. It has a lot of problems, but it was really the most successful iteration of D&D Asia, however, for however you quantify that, it is also notable that L5R, the card game, has failed at least twice and has been sold to two different companies. And I played the card game. I live in Seattle. I played the card game while Wizards of the Coast, Seattle-based company, well, Brenton, but, you know, only, only a Seattleites actually care about that. While Wizards of the Coast owned L5R, I was playing it. I had to drive an hour north to where I actually live now, actually funny, um, to get into tournaments because <laughs> no one in Seattle played the damn card game. That's not a great financial forecast for these settings in general, but there's enough of a loud kind of cult appeal fan base of kind of the gestalt concept of D&D Asia that I think inevitably some execs going to be like, we got to give the people what they want. Um, what worries me Meow. is that because the numbers... <laughs> Scout agrees. Oh, <laughs> Scout. But my concern is because the numbers have by all accounts suggested a typical underperformance of this brand, it's gonna get bargain bin in like editorial oversight again. And it's going to continue to be very bad because they think they need to make it because it's going to sell to some people who are constantly demanding it, but they're not going to want to invest heavily into it. Yeah. Because no one buys no, it. They're the people who just want to see the same thing it. over again. So just go get the old one. Yep. And then there are people who are yeah. just interested to see what will be yeah. done with yeah, it. But they, that's they, not, I think that's not someone who's going to buy and play and enjoy it and promote yeah, it. That's absolutely. just like intrigue. <laughs> yeah. The, but the yeah. same people it's, it's who also, same, like, yeah. the same people who also want it for like, for like out of curiosity or like, Hey, I want to do an Asian thing are, are also like one thing that folks do is that they never say, you know what? 
I'm going to go look and see if somebody has self-published another setting or self-published a ton of work. It's not like there's a whole Unbreakable that does all this stuff. It's not like there are so many other micro settings on itch.io, drive-through RPG. Uh, it's the fact that folks want a like a mainline game. They want official. Now, they want it to be official. They want official. They want they, they want that weird want that, stamp of they, approval. They it, because they want the wizard stamp and the Asian stamp. They want both stamps. When one of those I don't know. stamps, I don't, think, I don't think too many of these people are concerned about the Asian stamp. They just want the wizard stamp. You, they just want the wizard you, stamp. You would be so surprised to to, to to. I get so many people who are asking me. Oh, do you folks have an Asians represent approved stamp that we can put on our product? Can we pay for that? There are oh so God. many folks who want that. Oh no! So many folks. I could make so oh, much money, no. but they cast yeah. aside my soul. Um, that's what we call selling yeah. out, Daniel. Yeah, that's what we that's call, what selling yeah, out. call selling out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what we call selling out. Uh, but like, yeah. yeah, there, there's people want that stamp, right? Mm-hmm. But they want both of them when really one of them is more important than the other. And if you're listening oh, yeah. to this podcast, you know which one's the important stamp. Mm-hmm. Um, now, yeah, Jackie, go ahead. Now we have a friend now. I like it. I will add that I think I will add to the point of like the inevitability of Carator because you've, if we have if you haven't been keeping up, like everyone else has seen it, Spelljammer is now going to be an official thing for Wizards of the Coast, and that was like a a meme that started out in like early on in like Five E's career. And and now it's a it's an actual real thing. Spellhammer's so, always it, been it, a meme, though. Like, it, it has always been a meme, but but I, I will say like I've watched, I have had the luxury of like reading other people who like done analysis of like like they because we they did a similar business analysis of like Spelljammer for when T, when it was part of TSR, and it also was like a very low performing uh, line. So. Actually, I think technically speaking, it might even been lo- it was the lowest, second only to Dark Suns. But Dark Suns is a can of worms in itself. Um, so I was gonna say, like, do you think Dark Sun? Forty Dark Sun. Forty Dark Sun. Do you think Dark Sun? Do you think they'll do Dark Sun before Caratour? I think so. But there are problems with both Dark Sun. Oh my so. god. There's pro- Dark Suns is like highly problematic on many fronts, and it's just like the fact that so many people adamantly are like, "I want Dark Suns to come back," and you're like, "Oh, you want Dark Suns to come back? Okay, that's a choice. That is what a part vibrant of Dark- choice." My, my question is always, "What part of Dark Sun do you like? What yeah, part exactly, do you enjoy?" Exactly, and, and it's like so. It's the same issues of like the pro- the thing is like there's so much. So when you have people who are new to like the hobby who are coming in who are like oh i see this mentioned character what is it and it's like then they look into it it's like oh but how come there's nothing updated and everyone else who's been around the longest time is like it doesn't it want one doesn't <laughs> want an update we, we don't want to give it one because it's it, it, yeah. it doesn't want and I mean, one yes <laughs> <laughs> but but the problem but again the problem and like liana has has mm-hmm. has pointed this out by yeah by like jokingly calling me out the the problem yeah. is, is it, it, but you it's a, people it's will a start totally, writing for it yeah absolutely. yeah it's a totally valid point though the the, yeah. the thing about caratura that makes it difficult and it's inevitability more likely is the fact that it exists you could sail to caratura that yeah. like, that's a part of. The I mean, problem. there is a samurai subclass from Xanathar's Guide to Everything. They're, they're, exactly, they have that yep. stuff, and and 
I honestly, I think more people want Oriental Adventures because they want mechanical content. They don't. I don't yeah. think people care as much about the setting. They want mechanical content. Um, yeah. I think there would definitely be a hunger for Asian-themed one-shots. Um, but I think more people care about content, right? Like on my one when, when I did Candlekeep. Do you know like the vast would like there are folks who are like, oh, I really like the story and all that. The most discussion I ever saw about this was like, the gloves of soul catching are OP. Like that that's that's the that's the one thing that I saw. Oh, this is the holy adventure for monks. Like more people care about the mechanical options yeah. because I would say that there are a lot of people who are just doing their own homebrew and they're just looking yeah. for things that they could port yeah. in. And so an entire yeah. campaign setting is less useful than hey, I have these subclasses. I have these new class options. I have these new weapons. Mm. Yeah. Um, I have stuff that, you know, I could use on D&D Beyond. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what I think people want. But uh, if you're yeah. like me and you get hired by WotC and this is before you decide to read Oriental Adventures Live <laughs> and you get hired by WotC and you're like, oh my God, dream come true. I'm going to write something Asian. Um, after previously actually, this actually, they actually wanted a writing sample from me uh, like a while ago. And it was really odd because I didn't know how this worked. And um, Mike Merles when Mike Merles was doing D&D, reached out to me personally and asked for something. Uh, and I wrote something that I was like cultural, like a cultural thing that I was really proud of. And I'm like, but they, but they do that for a writing sample. So it'll never see the light of day. And I'm like, God damn, that was really good. But when I got the candle keep thing, I was like, I'm going to do something Asian because this is my one shot. And if I want to do something Asian and I want to make sure that people use what I write and there's a legacy to it, like a positive legacy. I still have to anchor it to what already exists in the most so subtle way as I possibly can, because I actually, the original drafts of the book of inner alchemy talk about character. There are multiple mentions of character in it. And then after I started reading Oriental adventures, I was like, Oh my God. And I actually messaged the editor, Hannah Rose. And I was like, please remove all mentions of Carator from it. Like I had that conversation with my editor and thank goodness, like I had a fantastic editor. Shout out to Hannah Rose, uh, MCDM, Arcadia Magazine. Shout out to them. Um, But like I had that conversation, but in order to anchor my Asian content in the world, the compromise was that Bachme was a show human. And that was the thing that sort of anchored it to the official world. Um, yeah, and but it's, for me, that that that's that's it's challenging. Yeah, it's that that requirement, mm-hmm. the fact that they continue to hold that requirement, like that right there is why. Well, we're it's not. See it's, it again. it's not. Well, it's yeah. not. It's not a requirement. It's not like Watsi was like, if you want it to be Asian, you have to do this. That that's not what I was saying. What I was saying is that I want D and D fans who don't know who I am, who don't listen to Asians represent, who because we're small, we're we're small fries, right? I want folks to read my adventure, understand that it is Asian, but get something really positive out of it. Like when I was talking about chi and it being medical and not just being for combat. But in order for people to understand that yeah. it's Asian, aside from the name, because if you just look up Bachme, like it's a real, yeah, right? Mentioning that it's show was a tactical choice on my part for folks to realize, oh, this is supposed to be Asian. And it's not like, oh, this is in another dimension. It's not like you open the book and you get sent to Asia. It's like, no, there are Asian people 
right there on the Sword Coast. And that's what I wanted. And in order to say that there are Asian people in the Sword Coast, you can't say, hey, Bakme is an Asian human, right? I had to say show. Um, but that is what I mean. So, that is what I mean, though. Even if, oh, okay. if Watsi isn't directing that you do it, because the fact as, that it exists, because it exists, yes. there is that inevitable pressure to utilize this, and you are intrinsically tied to it. And unless unless they do something that lets them clean break, which I don't honestly think they're going to do because they've indicated in their books already that they are acknowledging Carter as an existent place mm-hmm. that is the Asian place that is going that is going to persist until it reaches a point in which but they also are it is one of obligated those ways to for them to be it. like we're going to incorporate more representation let's use something we already have but hire new people but hire new people mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. and i mean let's use that as a segue into the challenges of revising caratour right so if you were to revise caratour what would you do the natural move would be like let's get all of these amazing people. Let's get everyone who was on Asians read Caratour um, and have them write this thing. There are still going to be challenges to that, right? Because ultimately, what would you need? You would need a project manager, a Watsi project, project manager who's Asian, right? Um, because for a Candlekeep Mysteries, for the people who worked on Book of Inner Alchemy, so Chris Perkins, Hannah Rose, myself and the artist guess who was the only asian person me right so there's still the challenge of everybody above or beside you not being asian so even if you got a team of all asian freelancers you would need folks who are actually watsi employees to also be asian because you need advocates who are actually within that watsi system at the same time at the same time, you also have to say, well, what is ultimately the, not brand, but cultural identity of Caratour? Because if you look at Caratour, it's like they've got, Caratour is just Asia. So you have Southeast Asian influences. You have two Japans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you have like multiple Chinas. You have like Mongolia. You've got all these. You've got a Korea there. You've got a mishmash of everything. If you go forward with Caratour, is the move to basically be like, okay, so we're going to get a diverse team of Asians and we're just going to throw them at Caratour and say, let's revive it. But Emma, you're going to write the Japan stuff, but it's still got to have two Japans, right? Because we want to use the same map. Terrible map. Not worth worth it. Because, you know, there are already Um, existing 5e maps, I guess. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, but that's the thing, though, right? Remember the, remember you the need... roads? There are no fucking roads. Yeah. God, the roads. <laughs> like, like the the roads. Flat, flashback to, to Liana being like the logistics of Caratour. Uh, um, but oh, but like boy. that's that's Be the problem, right? You have. But here, that yeah. now. <laughs> you do a great job, though. You do it. I would. You do a great job. I would ensure that the training routes make sense. It's good. It's gonna be like. It's gonna be. It's gonna the credits gonna be fantasy supply chain. Um, Yeah. Oh my god! I would one hundred percent like as like a a world building thing though. That's like amazing. Okay, I guess my thought is like, 
we need to do this in installments. I, yeah. And I, yes. We need to do this in installments. One, we got to break this down because yeah. we're dealing with <laughs> an entire continent in two yeah. Japans. <laughs> wow. Um, but like, I, like, for example, if I were to try to like break this project down and prioritize things, we'd start with the capital, right? We'd start with the capital. We'd break it down. We, because mm-hmm. that's where like everything sh- can happen should happen i think that's an easy place to easily insert like a couple of uh one-off adventures um and just sort of like okay we're in Karator, but we are specifically focusing on it's almost like a ravnica thing right right where we're like um this is district, what yeah like we're going to talk about 10, the different yeah. districts we're going to talk mm-hmm. about like you know the the imperial family if the imperial family is still around um and like what is their role how have things changed have things changed and i think trying to start with that small just a just a nice bite i think is one of the first ways to try to make this at all useful or successful um because what again one of the biggest problems with both adventures and character is just like the world. <laughs> like, it's just like because Karatour is Asia, and you're like, and I would even so take big. a further step back and be like, we're not going to do the capital because it's like, first, like I said, is this Chinese? Is this Japanese? Yeah. Is like, are we going to do multiple books and it's going to be like a box set and you're going to have China, Japan, Korea, and like, and then ultimately they, they're going to take all of Southeast well, Asia and put it into one book. Already, that in so. and of itself is a massive problem. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I am yeah. definitely they remembering did. our yeah. earlier conversation yeah. about. And there uh, are two character um, books. One is Asian. the islands, and one is yeah, right. Yeah, it's so. Uh, mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, right. it's it, but it's mm-hmm. like if we, I guess I'm, I, I am just sort, sort of, of yeah, if we were to do this, a place to start. we would need, we'd need to I break feel... it down. We need to chunk it, like just chunk it up. Yeah. yeah so you, what I yeah. would. I would do this, and this is actually, I remember when, Jackie, you folks first brought me on to Unbreakable. This was mm-hmm. my pitch about Unbreakable. Yeah. What I would do I if, Wizard, <laughs> if Watsi hired me, this is what, and they were like, you're going to bring back Caratour, and we're going to do it in installments. This is what I would do. I would pick one important city, because you know how we have, like, Waterdeep, Baldur's Gate. I would yeah. find oh, yeah. one fictional city i'd even just brand new doesn't even have to exist it's just an asian city right and Mm -hmm. all i would do is i would say we're gonna make a campaign setting and it's gonna be confined to an entire city and it'll be called adventures in asian city name something like that right Mm -hmm. and then i would say this city is gonna be the chinese city all chinese team to work on this right and then in the lore you could basically flesh it out from there you could do another book and it's adventures in this fictional Japanese city, blah, blah, blah. And then these could be components of a larger world. And within that city, you can build this rich, internal, self-contained history. You could have your own like subclasses and all of that stuff. Because if you're looking at storytelling and you're looking at like big cities and this idea, look no further than Arcane on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. You look at Arcane and you look... Yeah. Piltover, exactly. And Piltover you just make, and you just make that, and you just do yeah. it, and you just make it a fantasy Asia. And because you're doing it in a city, sure, you could say if you want to keep the name of Caratour, this is somewhere in Caratour, mm-hmm. 
this is a show city in Karatur, but it's a brand new city, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to write about any external sort of connections because the stories are being told in this one city. You could have an entire section that's just all urban adventures that take place in the city, right? You could have mm-hmm. subclasses that are related to the inner workings of the city. You could have equipment that's all manufactured yeah. in the city. And I like guarantee people would buy that. New feats yeah. and everything. Yeah. And I guarantee people mm-hmm. would buy that. Uh, and I guarantee it would be better than that. I, I like of the idea of just a brand new city. Right? Yeah. A brand I've, new city. I've always been a fan of the new city idea myself because honestly, we, we've read through some of those cities and uh, it's not not great. And so, what are you talking about? We, we create a whole rich new world of Fort Wakan. <laughs> <laughs> there are fish <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I. <laughs> I, I'm I'm always I'm always bigger of a fan when it comes to like if we're gonna revise something, make something new out of it and you know, lightly reference the things that need to be referenced, but don't have a huge attachment to it. Because um the problem I've I've come to seeing a lot, not just in like Karator, but in other settings, because when they start revamping things, people start getting very um attached to their nostalgia. And they become so they, they they forget that like there's there needs to be some level of change for progress to make because if these settings are supposed to be you know living settings where people live through them then there should be changes and evolutions and so when things change not in the way they like it they get like even Kamigawa had the experience that Ravnica experienced that multiple different times or... so it's like do a it, time jump it, do a time jump yeah yeah like a time I, jump I, a time jump I do like, have an idea or they already maybe, have that too maybe, haven't they true okay i want to hear oh i want to hear i want to hear emma's idea yeah let emma go i am going to take a crack i'm just going i'm just taking my 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 flag and i do want to i do want to shout at this so like okay so we're gonna go emma and then liana like people are going to want to see certain things and i i'm just going to repeat myself like then just go to the old stuff because clearly you're not looking for new stuff i don't i don't care about the people who (laughs) want to see the Mm -hmm. same thing again but I know, as a company, there are some considerations. <laughs> Solidarity but there. I would say, if anyone at Watsi cares to listen to this, you got to be willing to give up absolutely everything about Karator in order to make something worth selling. One, like, whole new map. And my idea would be, I don't like the idea of the existing stuff being just in the past and now things have changed over time because, like, what existed in the past is still horrible garbage full of stereotypes yeah and so, so the true. fact that it's kind of like and, it, it, and, and we're also tied to that written yeah for elminster like let's leave elminster out of this poor guy but whatever just make it a colonialism like this was someone's poor take traveling around the area trying to make it like a travel log So in the so it's in the meta, like it's actually it's, it's actually so, just so a terrible yeah. book. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, like, it's like this dragons. You can even say love. just like Kerator is what people of the region call it, which is probably accurate. Like, just make it what it is. It's a it's like some bad outsider take on a region that's supposed to be Asian inspired, and that's better than blowing it up because, like, maybe don't blow up Asia. There's, 
there doesn't have to be some big technological boom and now suddenly it's a different <laughs> place altogether. No, because it's still built on a base of stereotypes and nonsense. And it was already written into the the book that this was an account written for someone else to try and understand this place. Well, guess what? They got it wrong. Or they understood it through a frame that doesn't work. And now here is stuff about this region. And like we could do that Here's in the real city story. installments. Dun, dun. Or, you know, I don't think it's a good idea to put out one big book that rewrites it all because one, no one's going to buy that. It's too much book and it's probably more info than they'll ever want. Yeah, it could go on D&D Beyond or something like that and be usable, but I think multiple books would probably be better because most people are more drawn toward particular parts of Asia in general. Uh, Not collectively, but individually. Someone's more interested in, say, Korean based stuff or a lot of people are interested in Japanese based stuff like it gives them options to pick what they want but it also gives the authors of those books and I'd say multiple authors even if it's a smaller book get more people in on each one that it becomes like yeah dense but rich subsection written from the perspective of the people who are in that place so it's no longer some you have random ass dragon flying around in his castle to writing to Elminster about the people that he he thinks he knows, <laughs> even though he clearly I'm saying he Not there dumplings. was a clear disdain for some of the people that were in Carator. It wasn't objective. There was inter-Asian racism going on there that some were better than others. And that's not a, that's not a good way to go. Don't do that. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> I, I just, I just had a thought that 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 the dragon in the castle is essentially the perspective of a white van lifer influencer. That's essentially what. Oh I'm God. Yeah. God. No, this is one hundred percent. Yeah. The this dragon is essentially the kind of would go to Burning Man. This yeah. yeah. This dragon would but, like, like poof his, pal- his palace into Burning Man next to the would window. Go, would yeah. go to Burning Man, yeah. but would also complain the entire yeah. time. But yeah, a dragon in a castle. Oh, 100%. absolutely, one hundred percent. This food is too <laughs> yeah. spicy. This kanji <laughs> doesn't match my palate. Yeah. Oh, let's Sorry put. Why are these dumplings <sighs> so small? <laughs> but yeah, I, I think. <laughs> I just brought back that memory of that white woman who made kanji paddle palatable to western taste with pineapple uh, and, go- oh, and berries let's not forget let's let's not forget uh, about the really mahjong. expensive mahjong tile <laughs> yeah. oh liana do you remember that one chef who was like this is how you eat pho properly oh wait oh you my don't god don't put uh, hoisin sauce and sriracha in it <laughs> that's oh, not god. how you do it, it hurts. like that one that- el- yeah, it hurts me yeah. so much. But but Li- Liana, you you had a thing. Unless Emma, you you had other stuff you wanted to say because you're you're absolutely right. Like doing it in installments and comp- compartmentalizing yeah. the work and really focusing on quality over sheer quantity do, in a single volume. I do think you can is kind of the strategy the you were saying. So like maybe let's just write it in a way that makes the old character nonsense instead of something that everyone is beholden to, and so people can still go back to it. Yeah. And people can still go back to it, already, but so like, it's not the real. It's not the real. I, I love the idea of like. <laughs> this is the real Caratour. I, 
I love the yeah. idea of like having a character cameo or yeah. like someone writing about this dragon being like, yeah, this dragon just keeps popping up and like ordering the worst foods Every, yeah. and is just a terrible Every person. Book has some and they just sort of, of dragon. like bamf out of here. <laughs> Yeah, yes. you just you basically Very just turn, every city. You just turn the uh, yeah. the content of the original yeah. character into satire, like in world satire. And, and then that, and then yeah. it's, it's certainly yeah. bad enough that it would come. Well, off that would a bit be my way to it work. It, so yeah, go 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 go. <laughs> yeah. so, is it my turn? Mm-hmm. Do I get to give my pitch? Yes, yes. I want to yes. hear your pitch. Yes. Go, 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 Remember, go. I'm a businesswoman and a project manager. All right, so uh, Emma's stance is where I was coming down to. Uh, Carater is the name given to the region by the people who inhabit the Sword Coast. That is not the actual name of the region. Yes. Here's where I would start. I would get this team of amazing Asian writers and I would sit everyone down and say, we are going to make a Sword Coast for this new setting. So what we're going to do first is we're going to as a collective group of diverse Asians, we are going to talk about cultural through lines in our storytelling and on, in our mythology and come up with a way to apply this to the existent Faerun setting. We are not setting out to replicate the feel of China or Japan or the Philippines. We are going to come together, establish commonalities between our oh, cultures, yeah. which do exist. We have traded and fought and shared food and all kinds of things for centuries. Uh, So we are going to establish these through lines through our mythology, through our stories, through our cultures. And we are going to create something that is a bit of everyone, but not distinctly anybody. We are going to create a fantasy setting. Uh, In this, we will create this region, this this Sword Coast-esque region with which we can focus. And then as we build it, we are going to hire novelists to start making marquee characters, much like you would see in Elminster or Dristoward. And we're going to start doing novelizations to get people interested in the setting, much as we, much as TSR and Wizards did in the old days with Dragonlance, with Forgotten Realms. We are going to create a interesting region. We are going to have interesting stories set in it, and we are going to make it regionally distinct and interesting in a way that a fantasy that draws upon Asian mythology could be without having all this messy one-for-one baggage that character holds. So that is my pitch. Yeah. If I had, in my head, it would be called Ghost to Coast. Space Ghost? Space Ghost? Ghost to Coast? No, no, no. Asian Space Ghost? Coast to Coast. No, but I really, but Liana, I really like that idea of like, there is this shared cultural understanding of these deities that look down upon this land and people have different names. It actually makes me, I can't talk about this yet, but I can speak vaguely of it. I had, I can't wait to talk about this because I only have praise for this project. I worked on a project and they had all this lore and they asked me to write an Asian thing for it. And I was like, cool, I'll do this Asian theme thing. Uh, it's not fantasy, it's horror, it's set in North America. And when I was writing, they basically went and said, okay, but what would, because it's about Chinese people, what would the Chinese people call this? 
I don't want to use the lore names that I came up with. What would the Chinese people call this? What would be their interpretations of this lore? Give me alternative names to everything as it would make sense to the Asian characters here. And then can you also give me pronunciation keys? And I said, what? And I had never been asked that before. And what you just said, Liana, was that experience. Was like, hey, we have this mythology. How would these people, how would this group of people interpret it? And I've never been asked that before. And I was actually really taken aback. And I was like, what's the catch? Is there a trap? <laughs> and, and they said, and they were like, this is what we want because we want it to be told from their perspective. And the fact that I was blown away from that in, in 2022 is just, it's so sad for the tabletop gaming industry, right? Because all we're trying to say here is if you're going, what Emma and Liana, what you both have just said is if you're going to revive Caratour or a, can, a canonical 5e Asian setting, it should be written from their perspective. And in order to mm-hmm. do it, you would need a diverse Asian team if you're going to make it sort of this. Uh, a, I love the wording that you said. I wrote it down. A bit of everyone, but not distinctly anybody. Because you then avoid having samurai and Shaolin monks. You kind of have this warrior class, right? Um, and I think that's really interesting. Well, Here, what here's both the thing, said. too. There's been a samurai class in like what every edition since at least third, and they've all they sucked. all suck, and they're oh, all unnecessary God, yeah. because the fighter is right there. The fight, the yeah. monk. Let's talk about the monk and the fight. Oh, I mean, we did a whole episode on that. Hell yeah! <clears throat> I actually, I actually Fewer made classes. when I was uh, in the three point five era. I made an unarmed fighter type that I wanted to be very flavor neutral. So basically what I focused it on was like getting enormous, the the fantasy concept I had in my mind was a dude or a lady stepping out and a dragon charging them and then grabbing the dragon by the horns with their bare hands and flipping them over. And I just made this kind of like, you can go oh, brawler, you can go, or you can do unarmed combat if you want, or you could do uh, ar- more of an armored fighter type the, the whole concept is just you are someone who can flip things on their back that are multiple times your size, and that could be whatever you want. You don't need a cultural class, just, uh, which for, uh-huh. fourth edition yeah. was actually trying to do. They made the monk psionic um, because they talked about yeah. how they were contemplating having a key power source but they didn't feel right because the the key power source as they envisioned it was just all of the Asian classes. So mm-hmm. they made an unarmed fighting type character class that was psionic because it had this like idea of like this, this mental physical uh, harmony. And that was the basis mm-hmm. of it. So it still, you know, had those influences of the monk as, as D and D recognizes it, but it was, kind of its own thing. Here's the thing that bothers me. In D&D, or in conversations about TTRPGs and stuff like that, or even honestly, just in general pop culture, martial artist 
just means Asian. And that blows my mind because it's not the case. There are literally people like historical European martial arts. I, I mm-hmm. Martial artists could literally be it. You don't have to call mm-hmm. it a fighter. Just call it a Capoeira. martial artist. Capoeira is right there. Capoeira is like yep. right and there. So it's like it martial is. arts are just, hey, weapons, hand to hand. And then you could literally, I'm just going to go hand to hand and I'm going to f- suplex the dragon. No, I'm going to go more the spiritual route, right? Um, or and that's the subclass where you cultivate like chi. Or you know what? I'm just going to go all weapons. I'm going to go like the Hema sort of style. I'm just going to go with like heavy weapons and armor. Or I'm going to go into this sort of duelist and and I'm going to like fight with like a rapier and stuff like that. And that could mm-hmm. all just be the various directions in which a martial artist can progress. There's my pick. Yeah, and I think that's what is so nice about the idea of having installations because we can flesh that out, right? Like yes. not every region, every region that we focus on. And honestly, like maybe it's not necessarily even a city. Maybe it's just like a really cool place. Um, yeah. That's why in like, my pitch it was like, we're going to make kind of a new sword coast. We're going to make a region yeah. that is a fantasy mm-hmm. yep kingdom empire whatever but it's a fantasy realization that is more informed by asian outlooks and stories than it is by european ones <coughs> but it's mm-hmm. still its own but thing that like, exists yeah. in the forgotten realms you're still going to get nailed to the wall of the faithless if you if you're an atheist does that do they still do that forgotten realms really fucking sucks if you die and you don't work oh, that's oh, so you I'm, not, I'm, really, oh. I'm not super into the lore to be honest <laughs> If you want the answer, if you if you want the answer, Liana, it's uh, it's still in the lore technically. Awesome, great. I, but but the idea is like I, we can we can branch this yeah. out, right? Like if we create this, we can create regions mm-hmm. where the development of these specific styles, these specific like modes of combat, naturally evolve because of the place where these people live Mm -hmm. i I think that just makes a lot of sense like i i just it it, it, that's what i like about this i like the idea of maybe combining the two and just sort of like having okay we have this overarching umbrella of like we create this new kingdom but we're going to create sort of these installments of like focusing on these areas and as we do so like even how they like hang out with each other you know what are the tensions between these places do they are there even tensions what's the are there factions here? what are the factions mm-hmm. like what is exactly what, yeah, what, what are their political what systems are, what are the politics the government Leona can come like the, in and write yes, in a whole absolutely. thing about like trade routes because commerce and, <laughs> and how that it, factors into everything I mean, it's important that's what I can unites talk about food these culture. places more often than not it's war yeah. or commerce mm-hmm. yeah. or migration okay and so yeah and, yep. and so like it's that's Okay, so hi, Watsi. It's us. Um, This is our pitch. (laughs) 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 And and honestly, like I I really you know I I I hope that one day if we do get this opportunity that that's the direction we go into because I feel like that's going to make sense. But again, like that that touches back upon what Daniel you were saying about. The fact that we need to have people who have lived experience with this leading mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it's it's difficult to feel liberated and free enough 
to be able to push something forward when you're dealing in a sandbox that's actively constructed for someone else and by other people. <laughs> and I will okay. add... Oh, and, uh, also, and also falling apart. <laughs> and I'll add a really good example of the, of the fact that we know Wizards already knows how to do this because they made the global series for Magic the Gathering. And the global series, the uh, dual the decks that are... They, that didn't... But, but here's the thing. It's better it than anything... Well. It didn't do well. It didn't sell well. It didn't market it well. But from like a, a, the perspective mm-hmm. of working as a team, having a team in China and having a Western team working together and collaborating, we know that they could actually do that. The selling part is it completely is different. possible. But we know that they can do it, right? And, and that brings up a whole other thing that we talk about here, right? If you're going to make, let's just say, we're not going to go this sort of um, interestingly sort of blended route and we're going to try to make an actual analog, then you have to think about, okay, well, then you have folks who are of the diaspora working on something. And then you, you would also need to have folks in Asia working on this, right? Um, so that's that's another hurdle that you'd have to go other, uh, that you'd have to go over, right? So I think this sort of like, Asian inspired, but not explicitly this Asian culture is the route to go because it will perpetuate the, the least amount of harm. And it honestly gives you a more ambiguous foundation that you can build something positive out of. And um, agreed because with what there will be those expectations. <laughs> well, he, yeah. <laughs> Ed Greenwood would, would sign off on it. And clearly that's what really matters here. And he has oh, a stamp. Oh, yes, 100%. <laughs> he has a stamp. He uh, Ed has his own stamp. <laughs> so stamp like a like wax seal. seal things. Oh, yeah, Oh, like a sure. chop? Definitely the seal. A wax seal. Oh, like the a wax seal? seal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I should yeah. make stickers that's like Daniel Kwan, bleh, and I just put it on. Like, <laughs> it just literally says bleh. It's bleh. I don't you, like. But, but, you, but, but you can put it on stickers, and you can just like plop it on books, Daniel. Yeah, I just walk around a con and just Why be like, say, stick it down on a book. Um, well, what ew? Yours would yours would say this game is bullshit. That's that's what that's, yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's very true. that's what that's what yours would say. That that, that but, is definitely Emma's. <laughs> well, mine's just like racism oh. tiramisu. <laughs> oh my god. And it, oh god. But I think the overall consensus is that remaking Caratour as is is extremely complex, and there is a high chance of perpetuating harm if they if they approach it the same way they've been approaching other products like this at the same time like liana you've said the return of character is inevitable because it is anchored to the brand that is everyone's perception of the world of fifth edition dungeons and dragons um because of you know the inclusion of even nods to it in was a sword coast adventurer's guide that's that book that they outsource right um is that the one they outsourced an entire Sword Coast Adventures guidebook. I'm pretty sure it's that one. They talked about Caratour. They talked about Al-Kadim. But then they also have mentions of Caratour in the Dungeon Master's Guide, the Player's Handbook, and because of awful people like Daniel Kwan in Candlekeep Mysteries. I'm so, so sorry, Daniel. You are. No, it's but it's true. You're going to be self-flagellating like this for months. And no, all but here's fault. the thing. I already. I. Yeah. Here's the thing. I already ruined D and D by not tracking HP. Um, so, yeah, that's true. What can I say? <laughs> I, um, 
But the thing is, like, there are so many challenges to making Caratour that ultimately creating something brand new is going to make a much better product. And you're going to avoid a lot of the problems that you, you had with all of the other Asian-themed official mainline D&D products. Um, so that, that, that's just that's kind of what I've seen this conversation yeah. kind of steer towards. Would you folks agree with that? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree that. with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, that said, we have actually, this has been it the fastest a podcast episode has gone by in my mind. It's already, <laughs> we're, it went by really it fast because I think, I think our rage and frustration has, has kind of, uh, and then excitement about like a city or a coastline ha- really, really like directed the conversation and steered in a way that felt natural um now that said (laughs) no i'm talking about everyone i'm talking about all of us i'm talking about all of us Um, he's congratulating i I feel like he's putting he's like he's putting us up on on, he's like putting us up on pedestals and emma and you're being like just like excuse me why are you you praising me no i the 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 point being is when when we are excited about something when we're like oh this is really cool when we're sharing ideas Mm -hmm. the audience can really tell Right, the audience could tell that hey, this is something that I would want to do. This is a game system that I would want to play. Go by Valor. This is an entire supplement range for Fifth Edition D anD D that I would might want to use. Go by Unbreakable. Um, or this is like a creator I want to follow. Follow Michelle for whenever Michelle publishes that yeah, I'll work it on stuff that too. Michelle's working on. <laughs> I'm working, Same with actually, I'm working on it. However, stop by stop working buying stuff. Michelle's possum pottery oh, so yeah. I can actually get my hands on one. Like. <laughs> this is a problem, Yo, and I need y'all to stop. Just pause. Stop <laughs> buying Michelle's stuff until stop. Liana can buy something, just and then wait. just buy everything out again. Then, then you can buy stuff again. Just, just get. I, I, I also I, think. Li- <laughs> I am considering putting my chopstick possum chopsticks rest up for sale because I'm painting them right now, and I'm like. You know, these are really When's the drop happening? When's the drop happening? <laughs> oh boy. I just need this. Honestly, I just I think need so this good. that own ass mug. Like, we must have it. And I haven't it's been really able good. to get it yet. And I'm very offended by this I'm fact. Sorry. This is just like this is This is the episode. This is Liana just like politely calling us out on things. Michelle, <laughs> you are too good at your craft. You keep selling up before How I can dare buy you. It. How, How dare you? How dare you? How dare you have demand for your wares no. when I de- when I demand it more? <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, I think she should do like uh, Michelle's next ceramic drop. Put like a countdown on a website. Treat it like one of those like clothing line drops. Be like, oh, the next drop's coming out. Oh yeah. my god! Um, yeah. yeah, that would require me to be like a real influencer, and I've only ever received <laughs> one influencer back. No, uh, one influencer drop from Watsy. I, I just don't know none, if anyone's so heard. You're a real influencer. You're a real influencer. You only need the one. <laughs> you only need the one. You have yeah. clearly influenced Liana into really wanting your possum pottery. <laughs> so you're clearly an influencer. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, but th- that said, I, folks on the podcast, I have to personally admit something. I'm. You can't tell. I'm kind of stalling to 
to do the whole patron thing because yeah because i don't really do it with marla um i'm kind of stalling it's kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of uncomfortable for me because you know the real executive producer of agents represent is is now in like oh. whatever they call kitty heaven in Carator. um God, uh, I don't want to think about that. Do we have to? I don't, do we? No, I don't want to think about be that. It doesn't really. Uh, want, you don't Mar- really Mar- want Mar- it there. Marla I feel like I feel like better. Marla is just like scooting around that dragon. <laughs> One thing that we always we always talk about the is like, just doing like. Well, the thing is like the thing is that like Marla had a habit because she was so big, right? Of like mm-hmm. scooting after she pooped. But when Marla scooted, she made like direct eye contact with you while she scooted. <laughs> and Sarah, 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 my partner and I had this like long running joke. So that Marla was, you know, like in Full Metal Alchemist, the big overarching plot was they were going to sacrifice everyone in this big transmutation circle. Uh, yeah, we yeah, said, yeah, that, yeah. oh, Marla is making a transcutation circle and she's just <laughs> making <laughs> her alchemical lines with her butt. Um, and I like to think that Marla eight concentric rigs, she's scooting <laughs> those eight concentric rigs um, to destroy you this dragon. The last one. She's putting it around the dragon, um, and oh, yeah, so that's what Marla's doing. She's she's protecting us with her with her cat alchemy. Um, but yeah, I miss I miss my I miss my kitty, um, but she lived a good life, uh, and I am comforted in all of the videos that i have of marla on this podcast i'm so happy and you know what i'm gonna do it now i am so happy that our patrons were able to meet marla remotely i'm happy that our patrons were able to hear marla squeak because marla never learned to meow (laughs) and we had this revelation the other day that Marla never learned to meow because, you know, when cats meow, they actually just meow for for humans. Marla never saw us as human. Marla saw us as cats. So that's why Marla squeaked at us. Um, So, yeah, uh, Marla misses all of you. But Marla is comfortable. Marla is happy. Marla has no pain. And Marla has unlimited wet food wherever she is. She is watching over us. She's watching over the podcast. And Marla is making sure that you know everyone here is safe and uh she really wants to thank all of our amazing patrons especially the most honorable ones um because marla is the best so shout out to all of our uh, amazing patrons for that uh shout out to you know metal weave games congratulations on i believe the igdn award for uh canna and jason's cyberpunk city setting it can it can be done. Cyberpunk can mm-hmm. be made without being deeply Orientalist. Um, shout out to, hey, Valorous Games. Always plug Valorous Games whenever I can. Bleach is coming back. The Bleach anime is coming back. And if you want to do that sort of stuff, Why you gotta check hurt out me like Valor. this. <laughs> look, look, look. I know your brand. <laughs> um, and check out Valorous Games, right? Uh, check it out, honestly, Valor is great. And I know you've got an ongoing Valor stream that happens too, right? Yes, um, uh, we are uh, Valor Lives the Woven, which Michelle is uh, uh, p- part of, um, and Steve, who's in the chat, uh, who are actually playing culturally Vietnamese, uh, fantasy Vietnamese characters, which is a lot of fun. Uh, 
Where's siblings? So yeah, I love the art. Pitch, I honestly love the art. You know that art. pitch I gave about how to build a world? Like, I'm kind of working on putting that theme together for my own setting, which is why I have this, because I'm drawing inspiration uh, culturally from, like, Italian, Spanish, like, Celtic, Scottish, Irish, Vietnamese, Korean, uh, and then kind of um, West African, Mali Empire. And I, I'm, I'm trying to put together a big group to, like, have us all sit down and be like, all right, let's take cool stuff from our culture and, and, and mix it up a bit, you know, do, do cool stuff with that. Like that's, I enjoy doing this. Like I enjoy doing these cultural exchange things. I'm like, what would happen if our, if our culture is met up and formed a giant defensive empire together and how would things change? Like, I, lo- I love that. I feel like that's stuff. a great episode of the Asians represent podcast. <laughs> Let me actually um, find all honestly, my writers I, first. <laughs> I also just want to do. I just want to, of course, listen to another um, episode mm. on like that's you know that Vietnamese episode Steve did, which is so good. I just want another one of those, um, and we'll do. It. We've got so many ideas. We've got a lot of like tough episodes to do, and by tough I mean meaningful um, because. Those conversations are hard to have. And so we have a couple of other patrons. Dungeon Glitch slash, slash Matt. I always shout out Matt for the amazing Twitter threads and just just being awesome out there. Bob C. And, of course, the most honorable Times 2 Epic Impulse. Um, y'all rock. Marla is just so deeply appreciative of all of our patrons. And just like everybody, Marla was just so full of love. One pound for every year. Um <laughs> Marla was Marla was great. I'm gonna miss Marla, um, and miss uh, Marla. I hope I yeah, and I hope I'll all of you Marla. who watched Asians represent when Marla was on can remember her high pitched squeaks. And if you really want to see Marla, there is a video on our YouTube channel where I unboxed the Neon Dynasty package that Watsi gave me with Marla, um, and it was great. Um, and from like a D&D perspective, I, I do have to thank Watsi. Um, I keep every single box that Watsi has sent me um, because they're actually quite cool. And one year, I think at Christmas last year, they sent out a really cool box and it kind of had a, a lid that opened up like this. And on the inside was this cute little owl bear. And it said open for cold resistance all over the inside. And um, sorry, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> um, and uh, Sarah and I Aww. buried Marla in that box uh, because Aww. she was like our little owl bear, and on the inside it said "open for cold resistance." And so we buried Marla in that box in my parents' backyard because that D and D box will keep Marla warm forever because it says gives her cold resistance. And so we buried her in that. And uh, I didn't need to go anywhere with that. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, but yeah, so like, I know we yeah, shit on character a lot, there. but there are like, there are folks at Watsi who are really great. Um, and they often reach out to me behind the scenes if, you know, if I talk about like going through rough stuff and um, they always privately will will ask if I'm doing okay. So there are good people at Watsi. We talk about the bad things in some of their products, but there are lots of really good people behind the scenes. And so I am super grateful that got that package to begin with because it is the, it was the perfect thing to sort of rest Marla in um, because she was our little owlbear. Um, but that said, I want to thank Michelle, Liana, Jackie, Emma, 
for joining me for this Caratour retrospective, but also us yeah. actually kind looking of coming forward, up with something right? really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But also, yeah, we're looking forward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We're so, uh, <laughs> yeah, so stop no. asking yeah, that. Please. Yeah, <laughs> please we're, stop we're not asking reading that. Yeah, please stop asking that. We're, we're not going to, and I'm going gonna, gonna to cut this episode. <laughs> okay. So, no, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> we just need, okay, we just need like one moment where we're all like, no, <laughs> like just together. No. Just, no. I was going to say is, feeding well, into the point, as you've said, the Wizards of the Coast people, lovely people very much well-meaning. I imagine the people who wrote character were well-meaning as well. It Unfortunately, sometimes even good intentions will, will inflict harm. Um, that said, though, character inflicts a lot of harm. Yeah, very bad. <laughs> would not recommend. Do not remake. So, so think... So, so do not remake. There we go. But I will, I will cut Unsubscribe. this episode up into like little clips so that if folks ever ask me about this... There we go. This is the question in the chat. Will it happen before or after 6th edition? The, que- the answer should be, it shouldn't happen at all. Um, and uh, we'll have all sorts of clips for it. That said, I'm super excited because the new platform that we're using will allow us to make easier to edit clips so we can do YouTube shorts. Um, so I'm really hyped about that uh, because our YouTube shorts are currently just me talking about how much I love Kaiju number eight and how Kaiju number eight is getting an anime adaptation. I'm super hyped about it. Ooh. Um, and Ooh. Uh, yeah, there's some like really interesting stuff out there. Like I talked about my love of Free Ren, Beyond Journey's End. Um, I actually have on my desk, and I'll close with this because it's completely unrelated, um, but I have an interesting uh, book. It's actually, and content warning if you look up this stuff, uh, but it's like, it's Berserk. Um, uh, and yeah. they actually made an official guidebook for Berserk, and it has like a world history and stuff. It's actually really interesting. I've never seen anything like this for a manga, um, but it's got like this is the history of the Midland um, and, and stuff like that. Ber- so Berserk was so influential be- in creating like so influential of fantasy. It's incredibly yeah. tragic that we lost the author. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. It really it hurts is. The, the the talent and the legacy that was lost with that. Yep. Yeah. And honestly, Berserk is incredible. If you folks are if you folks want dark fantasy, check out Berserk. It's great. The point I'm trying to make is that you don't need Caratour to tell interesting stories. There are lots of sources of inspiration out for you. Um, if you like Dark Souls, because I see in our chat somebody mentioned Dark Souls, Berserk is just Dark Souls the manga. It's really good, um, mm. super violent, um, very yep. gritty, and there are a lot of really dark themes in it. Um, but that said, if there is one takeaway, if you're like, man, I really want Caratour, go out and look and see what else is available. Because if you want a setting, it doesn't have to be a and d product. It could be the unbreakable stuff that isn't D&D. It could be the unbreakable stuff that is D&D. It could be, hey, I want combat that feels more like anime. It could be Valor. If there's stuff that isn't published yet by Michelle or Emma, you'll eventually find it if they publish it. Um, my recommendation, though, is uh, Gubat Banwa. It is a tactical RPG with a world inspired by pre-colonial Philippines. Check it out. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, it's really cool. Sina Una. Uh, 
and Cena Una. Una. Yeah, that's another one. I can't Their Kickstarter. They have a Kickstarter. So check that out. But that said, folks, thank you for joining us um, for our first episode without Marla. Um, but I will say that I'm happy that it was this episode. And I think that we, oh, I gotta say the H word, we honored Marla with a really good episode. Um, and we were together, we were positive, and yeah, that's it. I drew it. a little thing. Aww. Oh, you drew a thing? Scoot. Okay. Oh. oh my god, is she scooting? Is she scooting? <laughs> she's scooting. Can you, can you scan that? that as, can you send that to me? Transcutation. <laughs> I'm going to send all of you folks stuff you. after. I was going to do got... like... Transcutation. Yeah. I was going to do like a panel comic. Where it's like she's doing the this, circles. and the next panel is just like an overhead of her just scooting. <laughs> the, <laughs> like, <laughs> the circles. Honestly, if you folks, anybody wants to do art of Marla, send it my way. I would really appreciate it. Um, but that said, you folks are awesome. Not not only my amazing guests, but also anyone who is watching, listening, and learning with us. We'll see you next time on a very different episode topic. We're going to be talking about cool. Asian cinema and black exploitation. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. It's going to be good. Um, we'll see you all uh, on the, look at my schedule, on the 19th of August. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.